0: Hey guys, it's Andrew again. Just This is my business post for Wednesday, probably part two. I think the first video I did last week was more about the why, why I do what I do, you know, my last 15 years sort of thing, a little bit about SEO. So in, in this video, what I'll try to do for people that are interested, people that run businesses, what sort of can you do during lockdown? But... I want to keep it also a brief understanding of SEO, so if this is something that you find interesting or valuable for your business, then we can talk about maybe more specific videos and things on Zoom, and then that will be my weekly sessions that people can watch themselves. So there are four major SEO components, right? So how Google in particular, Bing is similar, but we won't sort of go into bing there are little things different with bing but google holds the majority of search market share youtube is actually technically the second biggest search engine and they own it as well bing is at a distance fourth or fifth of the market share and that's why none of my clients ever care about bing or ever ask me about bing at family barbecues when they're on the question that i always get is how do i rank first on google andrew now there are two components to google you might see the little ad That's Google AdWords. That's a little bit different. People are paying to be there. You can call Google AdWords and they will be more than happy to take your money and they will rank websites based upon how much you're willing to pay per click. I've got colleagues that focus on this, that do this, that specialise in this area. My specialised area is in the organic search. The search is where businesses or websites do not pay for clicks. Google ranks them based on an algorithm and these four major components of SEO. Number one, user experience user experience is the most important part of a well built and maintained seo campaign user experience is everything how do you interact with the website how do your customers interact with your website how do they navigate how do they move around what's the general feel can they engage with your brand? can they find what they want is everything sort of available to them in a way that is designed User oriented. This is the most important component because if the website isn't functional, no amount of traffic that you drive there is going to fix that problem. And even if you do happen to have a certain amount of volume on your website, if it's not user friendly, then you are going to basically lose out. A lot, of, I mean, at least you're going to lose a lot of potential inquiry, sales, whatever it is that you're after. So thinking about primarily how your website feels for users on mobile first and then desktop second because majority of your traffic will be using one of these and when they're looking at your website, how does it look, feel, respond, interact and people find what they're looking for. There is software that you can use to help you track and measure people when they visit your website, how do they interact, can they find what they want. You might even want to just get a couple of people that you know to check your website, them as they're browsing through the website and sort of give them scenario you know can you might might want to be like fill out the contact form contact you know being able to press a number on the mobile and contacting you directly from the website to your phone, you click it, it, pops up on the call display screen on your phone. Maybe give them scenarios like find the about us page, or find the services page, or do you know what I do? Does the website? What is the first thing the website reminds you of? and Actually, prompting them to ask questions, it's better if they've never seen the website before because you'll get better data. Now there is. Things that we can do as digital marketers to get that on a greater scale but most people i'm talking to right now in this video are people that are probably startups or small businesses so i would definitely keep that at least you're thinking about this if you're not being told then you're not thinking about it at least now you can sort of go oh yeah i can ask xyz about this this and this and see and what actually watch them too as they browse that's that's number one so getting your website to be user friendly Second part of SEO, and this is probably something better shown with a screen recording, maybe we can touch on these a little bit more in next next videos, but technical SEO, so how title and description. So when you go to Google and you type in lawn mowing tips, now the first guy that comes up for me is, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Husqvarna. And in the blue, you'll see the blue link, that's normally what you click to go to, to, to a website. That blue is the title. That title is often called in our industry the meta title. Depending on your website, and I'm not gonna get into that right now, but you can change those titles. So every single one on your page has keywords that people are searching for that you can include in that title and keep it a little bit descriptive. You only have 60 characters. So you might wanna say, you, know, you, you might got an article about top 10 lawn mowing tips in winter. That is your title even on the page itself but even in the link the title of the of the meta title that google will actually show in the search results you might change it a little bit and say top 10 tips for mowing your lawn in winter learn more or learn now discover buzzwords that make people want to click your ad but you've only got 60 characters otherwise you'll get the dot 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 so it's a rule art and science to mix between getting the keywords into that title what you Target and the target audience that you're looking for, as well as having something compelling and descriptive that makes people want to click on it. Underneath, you have a little bit of text, and the Husqvarna example is terrible, and that's why they need the SEO fixing that. You scroll a little bit down to Lawn Solutions Australia, they've got uh, 12, the title is 12 mowing tips for the perfect cut every time, right? And then underneath, they've got healthy mowing height for your lawn, don't let your clippings build up change up your mowing direction avoid cross-contamination now it's not really a description that google sees is what you set as what they call a meta description now meta descriptions you should design per on every single page google will at their discretion decide to use it or not depending on a lot of different factors which i won't want to get into but having that description written in a way that is also similar to the title descriptive uh, well written i i believe you've got about 160 characters between 150 to 160 depending upon how much of that is capitalized and how much actual physical space those words take because when you start capitalizing and sometimes putting more punctuation and things like that it can blow up the size so there is a, there's even a certain amount of width as well that you can otherwise you'll get the dot 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 as well so having a description that is you know this article is about 12 mowing tips uh, for the perfect cut every single time you know if this is something you're interested in click here so you've got description of what the article is about you've got a few keywords in there so bold so it stands out and then you've got what they call a call to action what do you want people to do once they see that so having a nicely well written title and description is the first 101 of technical SEO next major part of technical SEO is a URL. So when you look at your website and you click on, let's say, the services, do you have individual pages? So we've taken the lawn mowing example. There are websites where they will have all of their lawn mowing services on the one page. So you've got hedge trimming, whippersnipping, you know, lawn mowing, you know, garden maintenance, whatever. They're all one page and there are no dedicated pages. That would be like walking into Woolworths and everything being in one aisle. So creating, you know, obviously milk and meat are in Dairy One, but you gotta go through and find it and it gets messy, it's not categorized. Having URLs and pages categorizes your content and Google loves specificity. They love people that focus on one thing, they're really good at it and they build a lot of content around it. That's what Google loves in an ideal world. That doesn't always happen. You got sites like Bunnings and things like that that a lot of different products you know but, but keeping it simple you know Google loves specialists so having services where it's like services slash mowing, services slash whippersnipping services slash weed pulling or weed, weed killing or weed maintenance or something then on those pages you got you go back to those title and description and you can create something awesome and then you've got the URL that includes that also includes the keywords so you have services slash lawn dash. dashes are really the best way to separate content that are normally spaced out in if you're reading it in the real world reading it in as a URL, it's always good to use dashes to separate or, or what you would read it as a separate word and there's a space in between. Services slash lawn mowing is better than having, you know, lawnmowingservices.com.au forward slash xy7z612 or, you know, page.html. Descriptive, keyword rich is always the SEO mantra. Okay, so URL structures, creating pages, Building out services, making sure they're on every single page, well-written titles and descriptions, is at least getting you on the way to building good content. When you, another big part of SEO too, is image optimization. Now that it can go into so many different directions, from page size to page speed to what formats I should use, SVGs versus JPEGs. Blah. But simple, keeping it simple. How you name it. So If you've got an article about the 12 tips mowing your lawn in winter you want to include images that contain 12 tips and so the first tip might be cut it don't cut it too short and then that image underneath that you're like a text you know a few paragraphs underneath you got a, a, an image that that's showing roughly how high it should be cut that image should be named as perfect height to cut lawns.jpg spaces in between spaces so you don't have like images that actually have spaces in the in the file name. So the file name is you know length dash two dash cut dash lawn right dot jpeg or dot png so when you are uploading images to your website making sure that the file names have been optimized keyword rich and they match as best as you possibly can to the pages that they're on rather than just you know x7z six two one blah 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 jpeg which means nothing to google that's a lot there so the technical side of seo images content is at the base of it all and then how you structure that content when you are writing content and you are producing content it's good to have a nice heading think of headings again keyword rich short descriptive you know headings as newspaper headlines you know, so obviously in this example, the heading would also be, you know, twelve tips to mow lawns. And then as you're breaking down the article, you've got H2, which is the first tip, and the H2 is like a subheading. Sorry, I've got to remember. I'm talking in like SEO speak sometimes. So the H2 is a H is, is a coding format, which is actually a subheading. And then you got a H3, which is even a sub subheading, which is even a smaller down categorized heading. Google loves, again, specificity. So when you're writing a 1,500-word article, you've got images. Every tip is well-optimized with a subheading and then maybe sub-subheadings. Then you've got images that are optimized. It's also a good idea to include videos. Videos are awesome. Um, you know, you might want to include a video you know, where you're actually going through every single one of those 12 tips, uploading that video on your YouTube business channel, taking that video, embedding it into that article. So now you've got images, you've got videos, and that's going to help you rank on Google for various different areas. So you probably have seen, when you typed into Google, different keywords where you can see images and video within the standard web results. That's because people have have either, uh, Google's obviously taken that from YouTube as well, so it's good, and that's why it's also good to dump your content on YouTube, because Google owns it, you know they're going to use more likely to use YouTube over Facebook in, in many cases. When you've got the images, file named, created, optimized, then you in the article, your article can rank, your images can be shown, your video can be shown, all within Google search results, the organic section. So you're trying to ascertain or obtain as much digital real estate on the Google search results as possible Um, you might need to watch this video a few times get your head around it and ask me any questions that technical SEO can go on and on third is content marketing so that goes back to some of the things i was mentioning in the technical SEO about page structure page layout but what type of content is my target audience uh, creating Oh, sorry searching for there are ways you can go on quora.com you can use google adwords There are many ways to find that out, but I think the easiest DIY is to look at Google itself. And this is a little bit difficult because you really want to try to get Google to show you these, these sections. And the first section is that people also ask. People also ask. So When you're creating content, no one cares that it's your birthday. If you've got staff, no one cares that it's Sarah's 30th, and that's what you're using to create content on your blog people want to know using the lawn mowing example i just typed into google uh before lawn mowing tips people also ask how do you properly mow a lawn what is the best pattern to cut grass does it matter when you mow the lawn how do you mow a lawn and make it look good right and if you click on the bottom result and then lift it up you click on it a couple of times it actually keeps dropping down more examples uh is it bad to mow wet grass how do i make lawn green and thick there is at least six good article ideas so when you are creating content you're creating content that people want to know you're not just creating content for the sake of it you're creating content that people want to know you should create content at about thousand words 1500 words a really good size maybe less depending upon how specific the question is and include the images and the videos that's mentioned above Lastly, link acquisitions. To keep this video um, as short as possible, short as possible. You want to get people to link to you. So if you're in the lawn in you know uh, industry, look at websites where there's opportunities for maybe directories, um, maybe gardening care, anything that is related to what you do that will potentially link to you. We as SEOs, this is probably where we spend most of our time because it's, it's, it's very important. Links to your website is probably the number one factor in in, in in deciding the search results. And if you do have a lot of links, you're more likely to outrank someone who does because a link is like an endorsement. And getting links, so it, it would be like, I know Don, right, has my own for me in the past. If someone says to me, hey, what did you think of Don and his lawn mowing services? Sorry, Don, KDS, I just remember Don from KDS, I can give them my opinion. But if someone, if they have a friend that's also cuts lawns and they've used Don before or they're in the industry and they know Don's work and it's like Don's the man, then that is a better review, a better endorsement than me who is a digital marketer who knows nothing about mowing lawns when it's the right time is to mow lawns. So getting people to link to you that are relevant, credible, authoritative, is the creme de la creme. If you're not thinking about it, then you're not looking for it. So it is difficult, it is hard, that's why we get paid money to help businesses sort of figure out strategies to get links naturally. Sometimes I had clients in the past where literally all I've done for three months was just emailing and outreaching businesses that have mentioned our business name And then, but didn't didn't link to us and follow them up and actually start the correspondence. Um, Sometimes they might have wanted money. Um, You never want to exchange links for links because a reciprocal link going both ways cancels each other out. It's almost like I give you a dollar, you give me it back, like what's the point? There's no point in doing that. And Google doesn't really like it and you just really have to be careful. A lot of people ask for links in a similar way of just walking up to a stranger and asking for money. You may find someone that does one in every 10, but there are better ways. Your email strategy, how you approach businesses, your social media strategy, which is a big part of it of your whole content of your digital marketing and content marketing efforts. How well do I know this person? How much of an expert are they? Then when you're showing that you are creating videos, you are creating blog articles, then you are more likely to get links when you do ask. Getting links to your website is so important. Building content for your website, technically sound, and a website that is user friendly are the essential ingredients to growing and building your digital search engine presence. Guys, it's 20 minutes. I'm going to stop there. If you've got any questions, I know it's a really long video. I don't expect everyone to watch it. But if you've got any questions, things that are more specialized to what you do, yeah, just um, feel free to share. I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing from you.